This podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Nexus Recruitment Group, official Bristol City Football Club short sponsors. There is a company or brand within the group that can assist all recruitment needs across any industry to suit any budget. Head over to nexus-resources.k.uk or 3people.k.uk for more information. Welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, the bonus show. Certainly a game of two halves today at Ashton Gate, Bristol City versus Luton. Unfortunately, Luton scored three goals in the half when they were on top. We only scored two. Uh, with me, as always, is Matt Withers. Matt, how are you, sir? Yeah, very well. Thank you, Patch. Yeah, good stuff. Um, well, we were actually fortunate enough to be at the ground today. So a big thank you to our sponsor, the Nexus Group, um, who Paul Archer will actually be joining us shortly, um, and to Bristol City for allowing that to happen. So um, it was a great to be down there. And yeah, we, it enabled us to see, Matt, some of the off-the-ball incidents and some of the formation, some of the shape we were playing. So uh, it was a great advantage for us. Yeah, it was. I'm, I'm just sat by the radiator a second, still trying to thaw out though, because it was freezing in that press area, wasn't it? But yeah, I saw, um, I, I normally sit in the South Stand when we obviously, you know, um, outside of a pandemic and watching the football as we would do normally. Um, and whilst I've been in the Lansdowne a, a couple of times, I've not watched a game from there. And, and you know, again, you know, echo what you've said, my, my thanks to the Nexus Group and to the club. But exactly like you've said, Patrick, gave us the opportunity to see the formation clearly, but also to see players running off the ball. Um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it through the game, but, I, you know, I, well, both of us called out Henry Lansbury, who I've been particularly disparaging to on the podcast. But actually today, you got to see far more of what he was trying to do. And on the TV, you sometimes see a pass go astray, but actually you can see that he spotted the run being made and it was the right idea. The execution wasn't so good. Um, so yeah, it afforded us a, a different view than we've seen on Robin's TV of late, hasn't it? Yeah. Okay, so uh, talk us through the, the starting lineup for you. I mean, the main change was Tommy Conway coming in from for Famara, who we initially yeah. thought that was due to, you know, the fact that we are now safe and he um, is seemingly not going to be with us next season. But it uh, turns out it was a, an injury, I think. Yeah, um, which we picked up through through social media, didn't we? It's a, a knee injury. Um, so I guess that, I mean, as a result of that, it was just the one change with with. Um, youngster Tommy Conway coming in for Famara, which surprised me. Um, I have to say, um, having listened to Nigel Pearson's comments after the Wickham defeat um, and having watched the Wickham defeat and in particular the second half, I expected there to be more changes. I expected not um, Nathan Baker to start because he was obviously fit enough to be considered for the bench. Um, and I expected a couple of the youngsters to come in because, as you said, we were safe. Um, nothing to play for other than pride as such. Um, but yeah, you know, for, for me, just that one change, which was enforced really was, was a bit of a disappointment really. Mm. I, I would have expected more. Absolutely. Okay. Let's go through the minutes and Paul is now with us. Paul Hayden, sir. Good afternoon. Good to see you both. Yeah. Uh, so you thought, Paul, have you thought out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we're going to go through the minutes now um, and walk through the game. So first first thing I got to call out was uh, on the fifth minute, it was a corner given incorrectly, almost leads to a goal for Luton straight from the corner, but the ref rules it out for a push and it was a really close call. And that, that one was seemingly a goal, Matt, wasn't it? 
Yes. I mean, cl- clearly from where we were, you could see that the shot went over the bar and you could actually um, experience the choice language that some of these potting mouth players use, <laughs> that when the ref gave that as a corner, they went absolutely ballistic. Um, and it was it was clear that the the goal that we then conceded, the ref gave for a, a foul on Dan Bentley, it looked like, which was never a foul. And it was just one where he realised, yeah, I got that wrong, shouldn't have given a corner. And I've got away with one to be able to give it as a free kick. So, yeah. Yeah. And it was, um, you could tell, obviously, with the wind coming at our faces and also the, it was playing havoc on the pitch a little bit. So it was one of those ones where if you've got someone in the left foot who can whip it in, there's every chance it is actually going to go straight in. Um, but yeah, it was, it was um, yeah, correctly ruled out, as you say. It's an interesting one. I don't know if if, if you've noticed it. And, and I, I'll, I'll be honest to say, I've not noticed it on the TV. And again, it, it gave you that advantage today of being there. But for me, Dan Bentley gets almost rooted to his line and allows the striker in front of him. And when that ball was being whipped in, he was always then going to be under pressure. You know, mm. just couldn't do anything. Um, whereas their keeper was continually pushing Tommy Conway out of his space, um, you know, to, to the extent of getting a free kick. But you're right, with the, the win the way that it was today and, and whipping that kind of corner in, they looked threatening, irrespective of the fact that we've got a fairly weak... Um, defensive setup from set pieces didn't they but yeah it looked like they would they were going to cause problems every time there was a cross coming in from that the, the sort of dead ball yeah okay into the ninth minute great build up play involving Backinson and Wells um but the pass didn't find didn't find anyone it was a good start um Paul the first sort of 10 minutes we were clearly in the game clearly up for it and I just looked that looked like there was that sort of extra 10 20 percent of effort from the last game yeah, um, I think the, the first half overall was uh, was was really encouraging. We seemed to want to push forward. There was a bit of, of creative play. Um, I, I think I mentioned she, Lansbury seemed to want to want the ball and, and seems to go towards the ball. So I think yeah, for the first ten minutes, lots of creativity, um, and I, I think overall a positive positive start. Um, obviously, it was, it was sad to see uh, big fam off. Um, not even on the uh, team sheet at all due to a, a swollen knee. But having said that, the two the two lads that started, Wells and um, Conway in particular, looked, looked really positive, um, lots of energy, lots of movement. And dare I say, even in the air, <laughs> we were at least contesting for the ball. And there's a couple of flick-ons that, um, that, that came on as well. So, um, yeah, other than... Uh, overall a very very positive 10 minutes absolutely and I've got written down the 10th minute Conway impressing so far with great running off the ball as well as as you say winning some headers and a clear intent Matt he just seemed to want to impress didn't he he did and that's just just what I was going to say to you Patch we we kind of the three of us noticed it he was making a number of really really intelligent runs and again it's one of those that that on the TV, you look at it and you think this lad looks a bit of a boy. You know, he's he's kind of not winning anything or not nothing's really coming off for him. But actually in the game, you could see the runs that he was making, the positions he was taking up. And actually against a, a, a big kind of hairy bottom centre-half that he was up against, he won a fair percentage of headers, didn't he? Sort of flick-ons. When and have they, you seen it? When have you seen this hairy bottom? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a phrase and I just didn't use the swear word. But... They actually, I don't know about the, the two of you, but I thought they worked better as a pair. And and I'm not, you know, 
everything points to Famara being off, and I and I, I I do genuinely believe it was an injury today, um, but everything points to him being off. But I think the thing with Famara, he doesn't give you much movement, whereas Tommy Conway and Naki was today were able to run the, the defence. It didn't always come off, mm. um, but I think that's the kind of style I would like to see us go for next season. I don't want a, a, a replacement for Famara, a big lumbering number nine. I want that movement and, and energy out there. A little bit like, I mean, I, I really quite like their um, their centre forward, the guy that they'd signed from Crew, I think, or Doncaster, one of the two. Um, yeah, so that, that's that's the model I think we ought to be looking for next season. So are you saying, Matt, you don't want to see a target man come in? Not not in terms of the Famara style. And, and I'm, I'm con- contradicting myself because would I want Famara to stay? Yes, I still would because I do think he does offer something. But if he is going... I'd rather see a more mobile front player. Physical, you've got, for me, you still need that physicality. But if you take their players, James Collins is an example that came on for them. For me, changed the game in the second half because he was putting himself about, but he's energetic as well. And you don't need to be a big six foot three, six foot four, number nine, do you? You just got to put yourself about. Um, And I felt Tommy, Tommy did that today. And bear in mind, this is a lad that at the start of the, well, I was going to say, not even the start of the season. If you'd have said two months ago to Bristol City fans, who's Tommy Conway, I guarantee no one, very few would have known who he was. And that's not disrespectful to him. That that shows where he's come from. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bright future for him, I think. Yeah. Okay, into the 19th minute, Han Noah picks the ball up from Wells and it's back to Wells and a driven right-footed shot goes wide. It was great to see Wells get into those positions, but also a shout out again to Lansbury because it was a good, it was a well-placed ball forward from Lansbury who was looking for those opportunities, Paul, wasn't he? Yeah, I think I said, yeah, I think I said a couple of times, I I like the look of Lansbury today. And I think, like Matt said, actually having a, 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 a full kind of above view where you can see the movement and see the shape. You could see Lansbury would, would, would go to the ball, make himself available. And then I'd say nine times out of 10, he was looking forward where at times there was, I can't remember who it was a couple of times where all of us were going, Come on, just, just look up and play the ball yeah. early. And I think yeah. a few times we just sort of held on to it too long, held on to it too long, tried a little pirouette too much and then ended up going backwards where at least Lansbury was, going towards the ball, making himself available and, and looking, the first thing he wanted to do was was, was look forward, which compared to um, to last week when <laughs> kick-off, he gets the ball and kicks it straight out. Mm. Um, would I have taken him off? I, I don't know. He, he, I think he looked all right. And he's. I think with each game, apart from a, a few mistakes, he's he seems to be getting better and better. And I think... Time in the seat and time will tell. Who knows what's going on with it, contract negotiations? And- do, do you know, Paul, me and Patch were saying that in the car on the way back, that obviously Nigel Pearson likes Lansbury, yeah. um, but he still takes him off a lot. And today, I think, I'm not, I'm not going to say the game changed because of his substitution, but you're right. I think we lost a, a little bit of control with him going off. Mm. Um would I sign him? No, I wouldn't. I, th- I think the money that he's costing, I think there are better players that we could get in more energetic. But actually today I thought you saw, well, we, we all, the three of us all saw a different side to his game today, didn't we? Mm. And a shout for Han Noah as well, because, you know, in that first half where, let's face it, most of, most of the team played well, um, Han Noah, we've seen, he's been our sort of star man for mm. two or three out of the last four games. 
Um, you could just see that he was up for the game. He was looking yeah. for those passes, retention, not always doing the easy thing, the easy pass, turning back inside. And obviously it, it's something that often frustrates me is when we're, we've got the potential to go mm-hmm. forward, but we turn around and retain the ball. And I think that's yeah. just part of the modern game, Matt, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It, it, again, it was interesting. When there was one point where um, Nigel Pearson and Keith Downing both screamed at Han Noah that he should be screening in front. And it, it, I don't know at what minute that was, maybe 20 minutes, something like that, but he'd kind of gone bombing forward. And then from that point, he, he kind of seemed to regress a little bit back and then stopped making the runs that, for us, we were impressed by. So he probably wasn't keeping the shape that they were expecting. Mm. Um, but you're right, he, he was looking to go forward. And, and to be fair, so was Tyreek. Um, you know, we'll talk about Tyreek um, more, I'm sure. But I, th- I thought the two of them in the first half controlled the midfield against two very, very good midfielders in, in Luton. I thought they, they were very much on top in that. Mm. 22nd minute, it was assessing your nutmeg pass, which was always nice to see, to Masengo, who passes the ball back to Sessignon, and he puts a lovely ball over the top to Wells, who takes it in his stride, gets a touch, but then gets absolutely clattered by the keeper. There was calls for a penalty, but I mean, it was a coming together. I don't know if there was intent from the goalkeeper, but we've seen them give him Paul, haven't we, in the past? Yeah, I think um, not just on that occasion, but I think throughout the 90 minutes, the referee bottled it. Um, we've already talked about his decision-making on on the corner and and, and the free kick disallowing the, uh, the Luton goal. I, I, I don't think he had a terribly good game at all. Um, having said that, I think it was a 50-50. Um, I think if Wells had probably gambled a bit more, I haven't seen the replay, but I think if he'd gambled a bit more, he might have got there a bit quicker and might have got given the referee more of a, uh, what's the word, more of a reason to give the penalty yeah. than, than not to give the penalty. Um, but I think the first, even the first half hour, Wells, Wells looked sprightly, looked energetic. You could see him he wasn't getting much luck from the referee, but he was getting up and he was he was tracking back. He could see him see him getting annoyed. And I think a couple of times I'm saying under my breath, no, Naki, just calm down, calm down, because you could see him mm. piling in and, and, and sprinting to try and get the ball back. So um, 50-50 for me. It, it, if it had been given, I think Luton might have felt unlucky. It wasn't given. I think we felt unlucky. Yeah. Just talking about the first half, Matt, in isolation, mm. obviously in the last podcast, Sessignon, you know, didn't score very high on your ratings and yep. didn't have the greatest game. But I thought in the first half, it's the best we've seen of him. I thought he was excellent. Yeah, he really was. He he was um, really keen to get on the front foot. He played a lot of one-twos with Adam Nash um, and, and yeah, played a, a couple of good crosses. I'd still like to see is, is our fullbacks... Um, overlapping and getting in crosses themselves from from nearer to the byline, which we just never seem to see from either flank. But yeah, I, w- I would probably say that's the best 45 minutes that Sessignon's played for us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Into the 26th minute is a chance for Luton. Um, it was well held up by their striker. He span and shot, but it was wide. Um, doesn't test Bentley, but they claimed that he got a touch and looking at the replay, I think he actually might have just fingertipped it, but whether it was going in or not, I don't know. But um, uh, that was really the first chance that that Luton had. Um, but it was on the 30th minute that we went 1-0 up. Uh, uh, Zach Viner finds Adam Naj, 
who does really well to lose his man, drives forward and just a simple layoff into the path of path of Naki Wells. And he doesn't miss those opportunities, Matt. That's what, exactly what we expect from him when he gets into that, that goal scoring range, if you like, um, and has a sniff on goal and he f- finishes it really well into the corner of the net. Yeah, well, Patch, you, you, you've been calling for this all season with Naki Mills, play, playing down the middle in the two, giving the ball the right sort of service and he will score goals. Um, you can't understate the the, the turn from Nash. Um, maybe it was a little bit fortunate because he had two on him and, you know, he kind of came away with it, but strode forward and the, the the ball was weighted perfectly. And I think I said to, to, to Paul when we scored... The, the difference for me today with Naki was he wasn't snatching at his shots. He seemed to be taking his time and was more deliberate. And and the finish, you know, it, it was a lovely finish when the keeper had no chance. It was yeah. in the, the perfect position um, and really good. And and yeah, it was a, you know, you've, you've talked on the Robins Reunited patch about the psychologist, um, I think it's Brian Jones, that we yeah. had years ago. Um, you kind of think someone needs to get in Naki's ear and, and Paul said it, and maybe it might change him as a player, but almost don't, don't be down on yourself. Keep keep going, be positive, be positive. Because he, he was up for it today, was, but yeah. still you saw some of those little moments from him where he got a little bit on himself. Um, and that, that goal was just case in point of the quality that the bloke does undoubtedly have, because it was a great touch, great finish. Um, and I'm I'm hoping that he will get to play with a more mobile player alongside him, and we will see next season what Naki Wells can be all about. Mm, absolutely, well, yeah. and I think playing alongside Tommy Conway uh, today, he probably almost took on that. I'm the star striker here. Yeah. I need to to give Tommy a good example of you know yeah. finishing movement off the ball, and you could see that in his performance. Yeah, you could. Thirty um, yeah. fifth minute. Oh, sorry, Paul, go for it. Yeah, I think I think just 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 I know we've talked about Wells a bit, but for me, in, in games gone by, yes, dare I say, it, acted like a petulant child at times when he hasn't got his way or someone hasn't played the ball. But today, he he went down, he didn't get the decision, he got straight back up and went straight back after it, which is what he needs to do week in week out instead of yeah. moaning and trying to blame everybody else. So I think today, we, hopefully, we turn the page and see the, the, the new and improved Naki Wells moving forward where he doesn't act like a petulant child, like he, he acts like the star striker and gives the kids a good example. Well, yeah. and also I put this on Twitter earlier in response to someone talking about Naki Wells. Um, and I said his mindset is a predator striker. He His mindset is not right of a three. It's not a midfielder. It's not someone who has to make a 40-yard pass. It's someone who gets the ball on the edge of the box and does exactly what he does today. And if yeah. that's the way we're going to model him, model his position next season, then great. You know, if, if it's, it's not, then, you know, it's... Yeah, Patch, is what you've said before. If if you've got a £5 million striker, you play him as a striker down the middle. You don't you don't play him wide because you're not going to get the best out of him. Now, may, maybe if, um, I don't know, may, maybe if your options were just Tommy Conway and, say, Sam Bell, um, and you didn't have any width, you might ask him to do a job. But we, we've been asking Naki Wells under Johnson, under Holden, under Pearson to play in a position that just isn't where he wants to play. And he, and he, he doesn't want to, maybe this is why Nigel Pearson talks about players not wanting to do it for the team, but get someone else playing there, play the bloke who's going to score you the goals where he should be playing. And he will, you know, he's going to finish our top goal scorer this season. And actually in percentage terms, he's probably had a a 30% season of what he would expect from himself. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, 35th minute, I've put 
great ball retention from City. Um, Masengo and Naj, but Wells gets a kick in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you used that after what we'd said. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah, it was a was a nasty coming together. But it yeah, was, it was great yeah. to see Masengo, Naj, and Backinson all retaining the ball. And if the opposition hasn't got the ball, then they're not going to score. I'm sure I've heard that as an old adage a number of times. But it was great to see. Yeah. Um, 37th minute, Rowe gets some joy down the left, crosses and Wells connects with it. But unfortunately, whether he got a nudge or what, but um, it sort of went a right angle to the goal versus towards the goal. So it's an opportunity. It's You've got to be in the position to have the have the chance, Paul. Um, but yeah, he would have wanted to do better with that one. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. There was a... That was one of, I think, the one of a, a handful, or less than a handful of times where there was actually someone in the box to aim for though I think we said it when we were we were watching like picking up the ball in good good positions and you're looking in the box who 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 who, who can he whip it in for and there's nobody there mm. and if there is that like there's no target man I just didn't think at times we loaded the box as well as we should have yeah. um, and, and being more positive and people breaking their backs from midfield to get in the box um, I, I overheard the our friends from BBC um, Radio Luton, who were doing a live commentary, talking about commenting and, and comparing someone with with Vieira. So I can only imagine it was Backinson because of the yeah. his height and and the way he, he goes around the field. Like people like that, I think yes, he's a good midfielder, but break your back, just gamble once or twice and get in the box and make a nuisance yeah. of yourself. Exactly, and with with Backinson, Naj, Lansbury, and help me out the final one Masengo. Masengo. They're, they're all they're all players that are typically more defensive um and you want to see you want to see people getting into the box and having more numbers in the box and that's what you come to expect but you know it's it's maybe just something that they've been told to do who knows but yeah I mean Han, Han Noah burst forward didn't he and he had a couple of times I mean in, in the second half he had an opportunity didn't he but um you don't see enough of that from Tyreek in for, for me in the summer, um, Tyreek needs to work on his overall fitness because I think he fades quite a bit in games and, and he did today in particular mm. um, and was part of the reason why I think we ended up losing the game because I thought first half, as I said, him and Han Noah controlled it and he looked class, Tyreek. He really did on the ball. He was playing, again, you, you, you see it, but he was playing some really good cross-field passes, opening the play up was controlling his, you know, his body shape and movement was allowing the ball to come in front of him and the same with Hanoa. But yeah, it, um, it changed, didn't it? Okay, 38th minute, 2-0. Lansbury sprays a 30-yard ball to Callas, who wins his header back across the goal for a Wells header, which is on target. The keeper parries, goes to Adam Naj. He's still got a fair bit to do, but he finishes it really well and into the sort of the left-hand corner of the goal as, as we look at it. But it was that pass from Lansbury and, and the, the the header from Callas back across goal, which, you know, it was one of his majestic leaps uh, that was that was most impressive for me, Matt. Yeah, I think it was a free kick, wasn't it? And and it was a you could see Callas looking for it, but it was a really, really good ball from Lansbury to him. Knocks it down. Well should have scored. Um, to be fair, I think he didn't get the right kind of connection on the header and he, he allowed the keeper to make a save. But just what we were talking about, you know, midfielders running into the box and anticipating. And, and yeah, and and Adam Najid had a good first half as well. Um, you know, the, the, the goal was kind of reward for that. 
he's still not a right side midfielder for me. Um, you know, but again, maybe is is in there again doing the job. But it was good to see him get on the goal, the, the score sheet. And actually, at that stage, I kind of sat there thinking, I wonder how many this is going to be today because mm. we looked. You let really yourself dream, don't you? I did. I really <laughs> did. But we did look comfortable, didn't we, guys? We we genuinely yeah. thought at that yeah. stage, Luton had huffed and puffed. Yes, probably should have had the goal when when the ref disallowed it, but didn't really do an awful lot. And I I genuinely thought, yeah, this could go on to be four or five. Shackles have been released because we're safe um, after the results yesterday. And yeah, how yeah. wrong I was. Absolutely. Um, okay, 45th minute, Naj uh, lets his man get a cross in, which finds a Luton player who shoots him from the header, sorry, from the from the shot, a header, which Bentley theatrically pushes wide. Um, so there was that little chance at, at the end, which um, which was Bentley saved. Um, so we go in 2-0 at halftime. Um, comment from our halftime summariser, Rob. Wow, where has that performance been? Actually looked bright throughout the half, and suddenly many of the players who have been much maligned over the last few weeks and months look reborn. Step forward, Messrs, Wells and Lansbury. First half of football that I've actually enjoyed for some time and we're deservedly two up. So, buoyant. <laughs> but here comes the second half. <laughs> 47th minute, great defending after a long throw-in, which is something that long throw-ins and corners is something that needs looking at because it's something we've struggled with. Um, but it was it was one of those chances it was bobbing around in the box. And I've put, in recent games, that would have been a goal. But the players seem to be a little bit more engaged with the game today. So that was the 47th minute. Um, 51st minute, Naj out wide, finds Tommy Conway, who does really well to get to the byline, pulls it back. And it just got stuck under Masengo's feet, Paul, didn't it? That one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think there was was there someone behind him. I try to um, try to remember. I think there was someone just behind him that was probably in a better position. And if he had just stepped over the ball, probably had a, a clearer shot. Because I think it just came in behind him and it was bouncing. It was awkward, and it just kind of put it out. But I'm pretty sure. Yeah, maybe just communication there, obviously. Yeah. You know, you've got to shout for it. And obviously, he's probably hungry as much as anyone else. But if someone else is in a better position. Oh, he's, he, was, he was definitely entitled to go for it. it yeah. Just, I, I can't remember who it was, but there was definitely someone. Because I thought, oh, great, he's going to step over him and he's got a clear <laughs> shot on goal. But again, um, you got he's get he's getting himself into that position, um, giving himself the opportunity, Matt. Absolutely. As I said, I think he had every right going for it and... Who knows, on another day, it might have hit a different blade of grass and gone the other way. Yeah. It's like we were talking about, you know, you want to see your midfielders running into yeah. the box. And and because we could see it happening, you did just think, go on, hit your left foot on it. And yeah, it fell away have, badly. Have a swipe. Um, 57th have a swipe, minute, yeah. Lansbury feeds Tommy Conway, who maybe takes one too many touches, but doesn't get, but does, sorry, get his shot away. But it was wide. Um, straight after we saw that, some more great skill from Conway. So it, it, it was um, a, a little spell there, two three minute spell where we saw flashes of what Conway can offer us, um, and the fact he got his shot away, Matt, although it went wide, it was great to see. Yeah, it was. Um, as I say, you know. Watching it on TV, you might have seen something slightly different, but but genuinely there, you could see his movement and he, he looked lively. For, for me, the, the difference with the youngsters, and we've seen it a fair bit with Antoine, is the confidence. Is the confidence to know, can I take it first time? Can I hit it? They're, 
if you're playing with your younger age group, you probably would do stuff. And I think Tommy at times today was probably playing a little bit safe and for the team as opposed to being selfish. But that one moment, it was a great little turn, good shot. And yeah, um, the, the the keeper, the defender got a touch on it, but it, it did show the, the kids got something about him. But for me, having only played what at Bath for however many months it was, mm. he is one that next season needs to be on loan in the first division, learning his trade from that point of view. Do you know what I mean? And that's that's the difference. You've, we're having to bring in players and play players. They just don't have that experience up against proper league footballers, you know, and there is a massive difference. Yeah. Okay. Well, 58th minute is where things started to turn. Um, there's a goal for Luton, uh, 2-1 from the corner. James Collins just nipped in at the, at the front post in front of Tommy Rowe, gets a slight flick with his with his hair almost, and Luton are back in it. And it, we actually thought it might have gone straight in from the corner, which is what I intimated earlier with the wind whipping through. Someone with a left foot is going to hook that. And it was just a, a, a touch. Um, and I, I don't know, Matt, if you thought that, that Tommy should have done it a bit better, but it was hard to say at the pace it comes across. Yeah, I've, I've not seen the replay. I mean, it, it stemmed actually from a a ball up the line that, that Tyreek tried to sort of drag back, but dragged it over the line. Then from the throw, the ball got lumped against Naki was and went for the corner. Um, my first reaction, I said to you, didn't I, Pat? I, I thought it had gone straight in and that Tommy Rowe had almost not ducked underneath it, but just didn't anticipate it. And, and then it gets, but it, it just showed again the real soft underbelly that this current team have got. Um, and, and ironically, and you know, I'm not saying Dan, Dan Bent is my player of the year, hands up my player of the year without a shadow of a doubt. But there's something about crosses when they come in our box. He, he doesn't command the area in the same way. Um, and you just kind of felt James Collins has played a lot at this level. Um, and for, for me, his substitution and Connick coming on as well changed the game for Luton. Nathan Jones did, didn't allude to that. He felt it was tactically and, and their attitude was what the difference was. I thought that when he came on, he bullied our centre-halves and, and really got at them. Um, but yeah, I, I would be, I've not looked back at it, but I'm disappointed with that first goal. I thought we should have defended that better than we did. Mm, yeah. Or even Terrible. someone tracking the run of James Collins as well. Yeah. With, yeah. Um, well, lipping it's, in front. It's, I know good players are good players, aren't they? But you have, for, for me, we always used to do it at school. You have your best defender against their attackers. And James Collins is, Collins is their goal scorer in that team. I know he, he was sub today. But, you know, you put someone on him that's going to stop his run, block his run. And we're just not very clever when it comes to defending at the moment. We're not. We don't block runs. We don't, you know, we're not, as I say, you know, with Dan Bentley, we're not pushing their striker out of the way. Dan Bentley always looks like he's got three or four players blocking anything that he wants to do. So he's always coming through a crowd of players. Um, And, yeah, it was just that, as I say, that soft underbelly. And you kind of then felt... Luton have come back into this from nowhere. What's it going to be? You know, in yeah, schoolboy, schoolboy football. You can't. It get, was Paul. Yeah, you, you cannot get beat at the front post by yeah. a corner. You, can, you cannot. And you know, I I heard Nigel Pearson from where I was apps going absolutely mad, and rightly so. Yeah, because that is schoolboy stuff. Okay, as far so as just, in my humble opinion. In my humble opinion. No, yeah. you're right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, so it. <laughs> 
2-2 on the 66th minute. There's a speculative cross in. And you have to say, Matt, that your mate Callas wasn't close enough to his man. It was side-footed finish just off the post, wasn't it? Well, I'll, I'll get back to um, what, what Lee Williams, who's a, a regular contributor and, and listener to the, the podcast, always says. Stop the ball coming in the box. Stop the ball coming in the box. And, and we didn't. We allowed a little a sort of pass back. The ball comes in. Um, and it, the, the Adebayo is a player I really like. But but when you watch the replay, Callas just completely loses him and is just kind of almost watching him. Um, and it's just a side foot. It, he's fortunate that he gets enough of an angle on it that it hits the post and goes was, in. Was it a side foot or was it a, a, a size 12 so well, it, yeah, it, it really was that, Paul, wasn't it? It was kind yeah. of, you know, so he, he, he just shaped, he shaped his foot, to be fair to him. You know, he was directing it, but it was shocking defending. And it's where Thomas Callas is as great as a defender as he is, let alone as a person. I mean, what a top, top bloke as a person. <laughs> but as great as a defender as he is at times, he's also, he does tend to switch off as well a little bit. And, and today was case in point. And, you know, it... <laughs> It was just such a soft, soft goal to concede again. And it was heart wrenching that just oh. you could see it. it was like slow motion. It went that slow, and you're like, oh, come on, come and on. And Bentley just got to look at it. Yeah. Go he watched it go in, didn't he? And and that, that's not a criticism of him. But no, no, I don't no. know about I don't know about you boys, but it was almost like someone had turned a tap on or turned a tap off. <clears throat> no, it would be on to just drain the confidence. And you you yeah. just I, I turned to Patch and said, it's only going to be one winner now. Because you could see their heads just dropped completely. And I think I wrongly shouted, because you shouldn't shout when you're in the media area there. Um, <laughs> but I, I wrongly shouted, where are the leaders? And and that was it for me. There was nobody, absolutely nobody, grabbing the ball and going, right, come on, we, we got this. You know, yeah, we're back, but let's go again. There was only one winner from that point on, wasn't there? Yeah. yeah. So uh, Nigel decides to make four changes as a result of going to 2-2. Semenyo for Wells, Scott for Lansbury, Hunt for Rowe, and Baker for Nigel, and goes 3-5-2. Uh, first of all, Paul, your thoughts on those changes and the change of formation? Um, wow. Um, where do you start? What a change. To change four players and change formation. And I know there was obviously couple of young lads coming on again but would you I don't know what to say really because that is a massive massive change not only are you changing four players but you're changing formation when you're chasing the game and yeah. I think did, did he change it because because we, we were we were getting bullied a bit up front um or our defenders were getting bullied because it, it, to me it, it the changes didn't in the change of shape and the change of personnel for me didn't have the influence or the change of tactics to go and chase the game. Yeah. It was a strange one for me, if I'm if I'm honest. Um yeah. all right, your thoughts, Matt, in terms of obviously it was great I, to see Scott come on for his uh for his first so, appearance. So re really, really like Alex Scott, and I think he's got a massive future for us. So I think I think that was good. But I'm I'm with Paul. I think when you're making four changes, you know, in, in the scheme of things, you know, you've got 10 outfield players and you're basically changing almost half of them. Um, I know my maths is not the greatest, but you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm close for, you know, but, but you are changing shape. Um, I, I don't, I don't get Jack Hunt coming on because for, for all the reasons I've said about Famara, um, 
but I couldn't understand in the scheme of the game. And I know we've conceded two goals, but I don't blame the midfielders for that. I didn't blame Naki Wells for that. I, I put that squarely on the defence. I couldn't understand Lansbury coming off at the time because, as, as I say, I think he, what he does bring you is is a, a more experienced sort of head. He was a bit and more of a beat today, wasn't he? It really was, yeah. And, and I couldn't understand Naki coming off for and Tommy Conway staying on. Just because, again, you're talking then about you know two youngsters up front in Semenyo. There's no no experience there. And and you know, Nigel calls that regularly, but I, I felt he got that wrong today. And that's not because of then what happened at the time at 2-2. I was surprised that he made those four substitutions and changed the shape. You know, maybe you've gone two. Um, and if you wanted to change the shape, fine. But but to go four, I think just felt it was imbal- um, unbalanced then, mm. um, and we never we never got into the game then, did we at all? Mm. We there was no foothold, all the good stuff that we'd seen before, and and actually even even though Luton had pressed and, and were back in the game, it was through our poor defending that got them the two goals, not because we were started to give the ball away, got really sloppy. But as I say, the confidence just drained out of the team completely, didn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, so the third goal uh, comes in the 73rd minute. The marking was poor. There was no closing down. It was a scuffed shot from distance and an easy finish for Harry Cornick. Um, so you find yourself going from tunnel up to 3-2 down and sort of flashes back, Matt, to sort of those games gone by, I think up at Sunderland, one at Derby, of where we're in, where, where we're in, the, in the ascendancy and, and cruising to suddenly, to suddenly almost falling apart, really. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a weird one, isn't it? They, they often say that 2-0 is a weird scoreline because if the next goal is the 2-1, which is a ridiculous thing to say, isn't it? 2-0, you should be seeing the game out, you know? And that's that, again, is what this team doesn't do. It doesn't see games out. It doesn't take control. It doesn't, probably again because of experience, but it doesn't think, right, well, let, let's, let's give a free kick away or let's, you know, we'll put the ball into touch. Let's reset and regroup. We don't, we still kind of carried on with, um, and yeah, it, it, it was just a really, really naive second half performance after that. Um, but I'll come back to, and I'm, I'm looking at the team sheet now. There's just no leaders in that team. There's nobody that will turn around and show the right, kind of attitude that you need when you go down like that yeah there was some shouting Dan Bentley quite a few times you could hear clearly being very vocal not necessarily positively a lot of the time but players like Zach Viner we were just hoofing the ball not not you know not really doing anything Tyreek completely disappeared Han Noah was kind of running around but not really doing anything and, and it just yeah it's um there's there's a lot a lot to address in there with that team Absolutely. So 79th minute, um, a positive, some great skill from Alex Scott, um, who forced a corner. But it was great to see him in the game and already playing with confidence. And Matt, you you called out from watching him, I think, in the under-18s game that was on TV, that he does the basics really well and has got that flash in him as well. Yeah, he has. I mean, I'm I'm fortunate enough to know a couple of the coaches down there who say that um, he's the best that they've worked with. They think he's a really, really quality footballer. Um, I've seen a couple of the the, the youth games, uh, admittedly in the cup, but in both games he, he ran the show along with um, Iman as well. Um, Benarus, Benarus, yeah, um, the two of them. But but again, this is a lad who's played no no men's football, um, 
So even for next season, I mean, you know, Nigel Pearson talked about Antoine Semenyo, how many of us would have thought he would have played the games that he's played this season. Mm. So you've got to be careful with him. It is about blood at the right time. And, and Nigel Pearson is always at pains to say, isn't he, that he doesn't want these sort of performances to damage the youngsters. But yeah, I thought he showed glimpses of, of real quality. And again, like Paul talked about just now, it was front foot. He was looking to go forward with it. I don't, I can't remember him playing a backward pass. It was all positive that he was trying to do. And Paul, there's, you know, there's been lots of players at the past, some at Bristol City, some elsewhere that are 16, 17, 18, show the world of promise glowing in the under 18s. But it's that conversion of getting the games in a, in the first team, in a professional, you know, for, in, in, the, in the football league, if you like. Um, and then almost you have to go again you've proven yourself at under 18s now you've got to prove yourself in the first team can you can you see that just from what you've seen today do you think that he's got every chance of doing that I think so but I think that everybody's got a chance haven't they and if you're good enough you're good enough I think like Matt said the challenge is how much or how little do you do you play these guys so obviously Michael Owen sprang onto the scene and then towards his late 20s and 30s had all sorts of problems with his hamstring because he was playing elite level from, from a very young age. So it's a, I think it's a balancing act of, and it's a thin line, it's a very thin line between making it and making it and, and breaking it. My mate played up front for England schoolboys with Michael Owen. And he ended up playing non-league, but at that, at that age, he was mm. <laughs> playing England yeah, schoolboys. That's, what I'm, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm going with that, really. Is you know, it is a fine line, and it's about making the right choices, getting the right influence on you in terms of attitude as well as, um, you know, developing your developing your game. So it's a, it's a, it's a strange one. But let's. But hope- I think we're lucky enough to have that elite sports um, center as well, which I think, well, it should help with you know recovery and it's just a balancing act. It's. Mm. It, which league do we do we farm them out to to keep them competitive, but not too, too, um, too much? It's too yeah. young, or yeah. You you mentioned Matt about uh, Tommy Conway, and you've got him yeah. going out to well, you said the first division, but I think you meant yeah. the League One. Um, where do you send Alex Scott? Again, similar sort of position, really. You know. You, you need to be, these, these lads need to play 20, 30 games. Look at Liam Walsh, where Liam Walsh was as well. So as good as Alex is in League One, he needs to play um, against some men. And that's the bit for me. They've got to be playing at a level where they're playing against men, get roughed up a little bit to then be able to come in and do what they need to do at the championship level. So I'd, I'd be looking for all of those going out as a, a good League One link. Okay. Cool. All right, 85th minute, uh, Backinson off and Janna on. Alex Scott gets a free kick. Uh, Matt, you said that you've seen him as a bit of a free kick specialist in the under-18s. Um, he hits yep. it with with pace. It definitely had the pace, but it was against the wall, um, which is which is never great to see. But, you know, it's something that you don't ex- – well, you, you actually expected it to be a goal, but um, it was yeah. great to see it go on target. Um, and then there was uh, a goal rolled offside as well for Tommy Conway shortly after that. 
which, you know, it was a, a, a corner, I think, whipped in um, and a bit of a melee on the on the box. But it was obviously we haven't seen it from in line, but Tommy Conway was ruled uh, in it to be in an offside position. But he did. He was quite confident that it was a goal. He ran off and celebrated, which is, did, which, is yeah. which is never, never a nice for anyone who celebrates a goal that is then <laughs> ruled out for, for offside. Um and there was a potential in there, Paul, as well, for a handball from one of the Luton players just before Tommy Conway put it in the net. Yeah, yeah, I think it was it was a, a real old scramble and yeah, ping pong and and everything. I haven't seen the replay. I couldn't tell you if he was offside or not, but there was a definite handball in there, and it, it begs the question. Obviously, VAR's in the Premier League. We've had, I think, the last. Three weeks, we've probably had decisions go against us where if VAR was was in place in the championship, then probably would have been turned over. So I know everyone's got an opinion on VAR, but I think on this occasion, would we have got the right decision? Would it, was it a handball before it was an offside? Mm. If it was, then which it would have been a clear-cut penalty, which would have um, brought us back to, to, to three all. Yeah, but got another point, maybe. But yeah, yeah. It, the game ends 3-2 after being 2-0 up. Uh, a, a game of two halves. Uh, first half was really felt like back to the old city, want up for it and 2-0 up at halftime. I think can't remember the last time we were two goals clear. Um, but then the second half was, again, flashes of what we've seen in recent times and, and to concede or well, to lose the half 3-0 effectively. Um, I'll just read through some tweets. So Dr. Dean Allen, another desperate second half display, sees us bullied again by a team who wanted it more. A more clinical side would have put that game to bed. We allowed Luton back into it. Uh, same at Wickham, simply not good enough. Overhaul required. Uh, I just wonder, Matt um, and, and Paul, going in at 2-0 at half time with that 12th man, with a crowd behind you who would have been singing and chanting at the start of the second half, right up for it might have just helped the players you know, remember that they are 2-0 up, they are bossing the game, and would have just pushed us on a little bit. Do you, do you agree with that, uh, Matt, first? Um, I don't I don't disagree, but we've been there, as you say, we were 3-0 up against Sunderland yeah, at home. Um, so, you know, I think, yeah, the crowd definitely makes a difference, but I think this team... I don't think it matter if you've been playing in front of 80,000. Um, the way we are at the moment, we're, we're too easy to play against. Um, yeah. no, no lead is a good enough lead for us, is it? So, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, another tweet from Nigel Mitchell. A good first half display, completely spoiled by a slip-shod second half. Defending again, the big problem. Midfield adding to the defensive woes. Men against boys. Season can't end soon enough. Um, Chris, I like that we've been more patient in our build-up so far. No, uh, not panicked. Aim, no, sorry, no panicked. Aimless balls forward. If we haven't, if we haven't had anything on, we haven't been frightened to go backwards and start again. First goal was a classic example of that. Long may it continue. Um, so I think that was a first half comment. And just a quick one from Lee Paul as well. I, re- I received superb service from Bristol City SLO this morning regarding renewing my season ticket. Good to see things are efficient and well-organized behind the scenes. So uh, a positive comment there. Yeah. Um, Matt, let's come on to the, the player ratings. Yeah, it's a, di- it's a difficult one, this, isn't it? Because of... First half, second half. <laughs> well, it, it really is. And, and the scores very much would have been different, but you, you've got to view it as a game. Um, Dan Dan Bentley 
you know, I've got to look at it. Was he to blame for any of the goals? No. But did I feel the confidence um, exuding from him? No. Um, so it's got to be a five for me. And, and it, it, again, it's ironic because he's my player of the season, as I've said, and he's been brilliant for us this season. But I do genuinely think his form has dropped off of late. Um, and I was actually surprised today listening to him. Some of the shouting from him was pretty negative a lot of the time, wasn't it? There was a lot of mm. swearing and not not encouragement from from that perspective. So yeah, disappointing. So so five for me. Do you drop him for the next two games and give Max a chance? No, probably not because okay. he's gonna he's gonna be your number one if he's still here in the summer. But um, I'd certainly be looking. I don't I don't know Pat Mangton. Um, but I'd be looking at, from a goalkeeping coaching point of view, we've got to do more with crosses coming in the box. And, and that's an area of the game that Dan Bentley needs to work on for me. Um, from a, a, a back four point of view, so um, right-hand side, Sess, as we said, first half I thought was excellent. I don't think he was particularly bad in the second half. Um, I think the second goal um, stemmed from sort of a cross-across um, but I, I actually thought it was a, a fairly impressive performance on the first half. And, you know, I don't I don't want to go too negative because of what happened in the second half. But so I'm going to go a six for Sess because I thought it was a, a decent one. Tommy Rowe on the other side was was Tommy Rowe really did OK on the other side. I think was it fault for that goal um, was a little bit slow with it. I think he got caught a couple of times. I can't recall a decent ball that he played going forward. Um, and for me, is is an area where, you know, we, we talked on this with James the other night. Um, Tommy Rowe undoubtedly gives you 100%. His attitude is spot on. You know, no one's questioning that. But if we want to be challenging the right end of the table, and we're a million miles away from challenging at the right end of the table, but if we do, Tommy Rowe is not good enough in this team for, from that point of view. And he's by no means our worst player anyway. But you know what I'm saying with that? I think you need yeah. to improve on that. You can't accept players, they're squad players, and he'll give you a, a five and six every week. I don't want that. I want players that are squad players that give me seven and eight every week. Um, so, yeah, I'm going four for Tommy today. Had uh, Naki Wells converted the, the cross, you obviously would have got an assist. Yeah. Um, that's the only sort of thing I would add to that. Yeah, no, that's fair, yeah. fair point. Um, I think centre-backs... <sighs> I'm going to go two fives for, for the centre-backs. Again, first half weren't, weren't really under a lot of trouble. Dan Bentley didn't have a lot to do, but then second half, we, we fell apart. And and again, you're talking about your captain has to stand up and be stronger and more vocal, um, make it more difficult. Won some brilliant headers again, but I think got caught definitely for the second goal. Um, and Zach Viner didn't look like the player that we know we've got. Didn't really see him break the lines very much today, bringing the ball out. Hit a lot of over sort of over passes that, that went long. Um, yeah, not not great, um, you'd have even you'd in have, the first you'd, half. You'd thought you'd hear a bit more from Zach Viner as well. Yeah. He, he, he strikes me as someone with the confidence to be a future captain. But, yeah. you know, you don't, you don't it, often hear much from him. Again, there was a couple of instances and, and it was the same with Callas. And, and it's difficult because you don't know even the most innocuous of kicks can, can be painful. But we seem to go down too easily as well. And, the, and the, the, I think we're quite soft mentally, this team. Um, and I like to see players bank straight back up and, and really want to go through or even 
if they feel like Mackie Wells when he got the, the kick that you referred to earlier on, stand up and almost have a go at the opposition, you know, show a bit more. So yeah, that it was two fives for me for the centre halves. Um, the midfield, I thought again is where we did our best work. Tyreek and Hanoah in particular in the first half. Um, I thought both both put in a really decent performance first half, but both faded again in the second half. Um, and similarly with Henry Lansbury, it was it for me, it was Henry Lansbury's best game for City, um, but still not at a level where I would want to be signing, excuse me, signing the bloke. Um, so overall, I'm gonna go. I'm going to go, oh, it's difficult for both Hanau and Tyreek. When we talk about six being what I would expect, I think they gave that in the first half and maybe a bit more, but dropped below that quite a bit in the second half. So I've got to go two fives again um, because it, you're two nil up. You've got to see that out. You've got to be stronger. Um, and I'll go similarly with Henry Lansbury. I'll go a five because I don't think he was, I thought he was decent today. Um, maybe if we'd, got a draw out of it or he'd stayed on it might even have been a six um who else have we got um adam nash um out wide i thought again showed some really good stuff in the first half some good combinations with sass good combinations with han noah faded in the second half and a didn't goal. really get on it and a goal yeah but again i've got to go five on the overall um you know you, you you've got to be looking at 90 minutes and you're talking about an international player as well so mm. Um, and then up front, Tommy Conway um, and Naki. Um, I thought Naki was decent first half, scored a good goal, put in a good shift, um, what I would expect from him. So it's a six for Naki. Um, and Tommy Conway, because it was his first game and, and a game, because we had the luxury of seeing the runs he was making, the headers he was winning. Um, I'm going to go six for, for Tommy, but I'm going to give him the, the man of the match Um for his efforts today um, might have been a very very different set of scores on well it would have been on the first half because I thought we played some good stuff but mm. you know I've got to look at it overall so exactly. I don't know if there's yeah. I don't know if there's any you disagree with or no I don't think so first, I mean first half you, you'd be throwing some sevens around mm. and maybe even an eight yeah um, yeah but uh, but yeah you're right I mean you, it is it, it, it's the Jay worry for me with yeah it's the worry for me with Tyreek um, and I don't know, Paul, what you what you think, but I really like Tyreek, and I think he can be a player. He's a proper baller, but he faded so badly again today, and and they they have to look at that from a fitness point of view because he's not bombing on. He's not up and down the pitch the whole time, is he? No, so, no, yeah. he, he did. He did fade. He did fade. I mean, look, everyone faded from half time, didn't they? But yeah, we he, did. <laughs> but he, yeah, he, he looked. I don't know, he just slowed down, didn't he? Just, just yeah. His head dropped. He slowed down, and yeah. as soon, as, soon as, the, as soon as that, as soon as the manager or the coaching staff noticed that, uh, and it has happened before, yeah, then make a change, go for something different. Yeah, and and again, he was one that he came off, then he sort of later on, which is a bit of a surprise. But I think it's it's where when that first goal went in, that's where you need your leaders in the team. That's where you need the men to stand up and be getting everyone around them, and that's what we didn't have, wasn't it? So. Yeah. Um, and then on to the gaffer. It, it's, I, I want Nigel Pearson to be in charge next season. I, I like listening to him. I do think if he's given the right tools from a, a coaching point of view, from whoever's going to come in above him with in Mark Ashton's replacement role, however that looks, um, 
and then from the players that he needs to get in. But make no bones about it, we're, we're talking about a, a major overhaul. If we want to not be struggling next season, um, and there isn't going to be a, a Rotherham and a Wickham, you're talking about Hull coming up, Peterborough coming up, um, you know, a, a two pretty much get, well, Hull definitely, Peterborough look nailed on, don't they? Um, so I don't, it's not going to be easy next season in any shape or form. I think there's going to be some massive turnover. Um, in terms of today, he was at pains after the game, Nigel, to say he didn't think tactically that was the difference today. It was our soft underbelly and um, those weren't the words he used, but he sort of said it was just, again, the kind of attitude in players stopping playing like a team and doing individual things. Um, I think he got it wrong with the subs, the, the four that he made at the time that he made them. I think there was an opportunity to make a change earlier than he did. Um, and so I've got to be looking at, at five for him. I do still want him in charge next season, but only on the basis that he gets to do what he needs to do. Um, but I can understand why fans are questioning if he is the right man, because we haven't seen an upturn in performances at all. Mm. Um, and that's a, it's a difficult one, isn't it? And if you're Steve Lansdane, you're looking at that thinking, do I want to go three years for what will be an expensive option, I'm sure, um, when I'm not seeing any kind of change? But again, you have to say the players he's got, what what is he's very limited, you know. Yeah, it's a very tough one. There difficult. are obviously players out injured. So yeah. some some clear starters, obviously, for me, um, Andy Vyman, um, Callum O'Dowder, Jamie Joe Patterson, Joe Williams, Liam Walsh. There's five players yeah. there that if they if they were available today, they would probably start. And it yeah. could be a completely different story. So let's let's draw a line under the season after two more podcasts to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um and yeah, hopefully but, we we you know at least get that, one win in the last in the last two. That's an interesting thing though, Patrick, isn't it? Because because Nigel Pearson has said in his um his post-match comments, hasn't he, that um, there are a number of players who are, are playing like they've already finished the season or they can't wait for the season to end. Mm. And that's worrying, really, isn't it? You know, you should be looking to, to finish as high as you possibly can and want a new manager. And it does look as though Nigel Pearson will be that. I mean, he was asked about his future and he said there's positive talks this week, hasn't he? So, mm. But you'd think those players would be really wanting to show that to the manager and, and they're not. A, a large number of them aren't. Um, which is a worry, but yeah, I, I can't wait for the season to finish really. Okay. All right. Um, so next up we've got, um, Millwall. We got Millwall on the 1st of May yep. and then the following week. So that's away. And then the following week home to Brentford. So yep. let's see what changes get made in the next game, but um, let's leave it there. Thank you once again um, to Bristol city and to our sponsor, uh, Paul Archer from the Nexus group for making today happen. It was great to be down there. Great to see the whole pitch rather than just what the cameras want us to see. Um, so yeah, it was great to be back and Matt, we will be back next Saturday, but, uh, yeah. in the meantime, um, I've got an interview on Wednesday with, uh, Mickey Bell and Brian Tinian on Robins reunited. So please do check that out in the previous six episodes. Um, so yeah, more content coming soon, but for now, thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. Take care. Cheers guys. Cheers. Crash and burn.